Welcome to another edition of the HLS Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. As always, you can join us live over here on twitch.tv slash for little sons. And of course, you can find us over at the podcast feed at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts at. Make sure you leave a review. Help spread the word, especially as we near that off season to keep us going. And you can also join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel, herlittlesons.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always find us at our home at HerLittleSons.com. With that, I bring in Shane. Shane, how are you doing? Ah, it's time for bowl season. It is. time for bowl season. The most wonderful time of the year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Yes, uh, so we we got some bowl games to talk about. We, We got a little camping to talk about as well. Yep. Uh, But first, we're going to take care of a little bit of podcast business. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Maumei Muchachos, uh, who won the HLS Pick'em. So uh, that email has been sent to you to get shipping address and all of that. Winning a shirt from Sports Crack, our store at HLS store. So herloyalsons.com slash stores where you can find our stuff. You're also going to get a cool little set of coasters uh, with some famous Notre Dame plays. And Davey, Davey, F- Davey Dave 40 had the top week, won thir- 23 games in one week, Yo. by far the top mark. Uh, you will also get a free shirt from the HLS store. Uh, so congratulations, gents. Uh, I had a paltry two fucking games that I won. <laughs> it ended poorly for me. Uh, I've been acting like uh, I didn't know what Eddie was talking about on Twitter. I know all too well. I owe $100 to Extra Life. Which, by the way, is going down the big marathon. The main event is happening this Friday over on my personal channel, twitch.tv slash ndtex. You could donate over at extralife.ndtex.com. And uh, we're, we're shooting for 10K. I'm getting some interviews in there for the breaks. going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Not looking forward to the lack of sleep. But hey, doing it for the kids. Doing it to help fight pediatric cancer. With all that said, Shane, there was there was a... It was a, I don't know how to describe championship weekend this week. Uh, I wanted more chaos. I didn't really get a whole lot of it. Um, yeah, I think the word you're looking for was boring. <laughs> yeah, very, very chalky. Um, I mean, boring in such a fact that like, this is exactly what you basically expected. And the only one that was up for grabs, you can kind of argue wasn't up for grabs because it's the fact 12 and they never want to play in the playoff. So, I mean. It is amazing how they eliminate themselves year in and year out. And man, I did not expect this at all. Uh, you know, Utah just getting drubbed. They didn't score until the third quarter. Uh, and that was the only quarter that they scored in. Uh, they got smoked 37 to 15. Um, oh, we got something here. Yeah. Michigan has to play Bama. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That'll be, that'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, oh, we remember what happened last time, don't we? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, over right. the season, they got ripped. Yes, they did. Um, but yeah, Utah, I mean, it, what shocked me was how dominated they got up front on both sides of the ball. 
and that was what I expected from them, uh, you know, to be stronger there. And man, Oregon, they just showed up big time. And yeah, they play the Pac-12 right the fuck out of the playoffs. Yep. As is annual tradition at this point. It's like the Pac-12. This is the closest they've gotten to the finish line. And then they look down and realize their shoelaces were still tied together. And it's, ah, shit. <laughs> it's, it's an annual tradition. Somewhere along the road, one of the other teams has tied their shoelaces, and it's at the last second that the opportunistic team that has a chance falls on its face. And here you are. Welcome to the club, Utah. Um, I, I, to be fair, Oregon looked really good. I mean, They did. They looked great. Especially on defense. Uh, and that's kind of what I... I think maybe that was the, the the most jarring part is that Utah was expected to be a little bit more defensively dominant against Oregon, but um, whoops. Yeah, and that has been what's carried the team if their offense is sputtered in the first drive. I mean, they looked like they were going to be fine. They were moving it down the field. Oregon, and it's always amazing how that one play, you know, yeah. it was the, the failed block punt for Notre Dame at Michigan. For this, it was that failed fourth down conversion because after that point, it was over. Over. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. over for them. Yeah, and uh, beyond that, I mean, look, Baylor and OU was interesting uh, because, once again, Jalen Hurts refuses to not turn the ball over. <laughs> he is <laughs> a very equal opportunity quarterback. And, and Baylor, I mean, they're rolling out there with the fucking, like, walk-on third-string scout team quarterback. I mean, you, you got people, he's probably not on flip charts. They were going yeah. so far down. Um, you know, starter gets pulled because of concussion concerns. And yet Oklahoma could never pull away. Yep. But thanks to Utah falling on their face, they're in the playoff now. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, like if we really look at this, does it, I don't want to say it doesn't matter that Oklahoma's in the playoff, but like if we're looking at it, like is it not three teams and then like a participant trophy? Three teams point? and a sacrificial lamb. Kind is really of. what it feels it's like. It's like one, two, and three still feel a universe ahead of anybody that was going to stumble into four. Yeah, and especially, I mean, let's let's speak about universe ahead. LSU, what they did to Georgia was fucking well, criminal. <laughs> I know Georgia's injured, but I expected them to put up a hell of a lot better fight than they did there. When you're down 14 nothing after the first quarter, I was just, I watched this game, I'm like, holy shit, it's already over. Like, yeah. Georgia's got nothing right now. Yeah. And it was L genuinely shocking to see that. The whole thing was that Georgia was expected to be good at two things, right? Running the ball and defending the pass because it's what they had been doing outstandingly all day. And by the first quarter ending, the entire game plan was destroyed, like just absolutely obliterated. Georgia couldn't run the ball. Uh, and for whatever reason, they could not stop Joe Burrow. I mean, they had no answer. It was it kind of was. When you watch the game, even watching it in like in playback, it just looked like a bunch of injured replacements. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And DeAndre Swift, there was no way he was healthy. He only gets two touches here. I mean, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had 57 yards and he was the top rusher in the game. Of course. Yeah. 57 I mean, yards. And yeah, nothing. Joe Burrow got that pass rush. It looked like one time they were going to murder. Joe Burrow, and this is going to be on his Heisman highlight reel forever because dude's winning in New York. See yeah. no way around it. He avoids two fucking sacks. It was like some sim bullshit. And yeah. then just launches the ball 40 yards downfield to nail a receiver. It's just this guy's playing on another plane right now. And yeah, I mean, that, the new number one team in the nation, they ended up hopping Ohio State and they're, they're going to get uh, the shot at Oklahoma, the you know potential sacrificial lamb in the playoffs return to number one team in the nation. I mean, like, mm -hmm. let's be real. Has anybody aside from maybe Ohio state looked 
this particularly like miles above the rest of all of their competition. When you have a team that makes Alabama look like, you know, just like, a, oh, you remember Alabama? How good they used to be? Ah. <laughs> like, we're the, we're the new game in town now. Yeah, I mean, it says a lot. I feel like LSU has been start to finish the like clear national championship front runner. And so it just kind of feels like uh, Georgia was just in the way of that. And it, it showed. <laughs> It, it did, uh, you know, and if you're you wanted to hold any solace of of Notre Dame, well, they played Georgia close, and and maybe uh, kind of t- tear out Notre Dame based on that game. Well, so much for that. Uh, nope. Georgia looked a whole other world behind LSU, and uh, well, that puts Notre Dame right back in there as well. Uh, Clemson waxed Virginia. That game was interesting for about three drives until yep. Clemson really started pouring it on. I I got. I got a little excited on the first time. Like, oh, they're moving the ball. They're scoring. Oh, my gosh. Right, they have sir. a lead. It's like, look, they, they could cover this. And then, like, in th- even in the third quarter, I'm like, they could still cover this stupid-ass spread. And they did not. <laughs> and yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Dabo, Jesus Christ. I am getting so sick of this dude. You're, uh, you're getting sick of him? All right. Like, like <laughs> be beyond sick yeah, of it because uh, he's he's wait. still doing his whole fake news the media's against us routine saying that they're the first team since like 96 to finish number three in the polls when that absolutely happened in the first year of the playoffs of florida state like the, the dude can't even remember recent history yeah dude i mean what <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know what dabo is on right now besides some kind of incredible bullshit but he's again feeling very trump energy very he, like everyone's against me everyone i don't like he I don't know it's why the whole, he's it's so the whole fake news media's against us, all kinds of stuff. It's so weird. I understand he's trying to keep his team motivated, but it's just fucking annoying. I mean, not for nothing, but like in the social media world, they call that little dick energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Real little dick energy right there. You're not wrong, Shane. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, I mean, there were a few other few games uh, that went down uh, beyond Baylor and Oklahoma being the OT thriller. Uh, you know, Ohio State, Wisconsin was exciting for about a half until yeah. Ohio State separated themselves, and then, like they've done most of the season, blanked people in the second half mm-hmm. after they gave them a, a scare in the first. Um, you also had a the Cotton Bowl bid game, basically, which was Memphis and Cincinnati in the AAC. For the that was a fun little week. back and forth. Yeah, another second straight. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, Cincinnati, Memphis, and for the second straight week, uh, Memphis prevails again for the second straight week. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So second straight week, it was it was a lot of it was it was a fun game to watch. It was basically the same game again, same exact yep. result, just about, yep. uh, and even less of a close cover on the spread this time. So yeah. uh, everybody betraying me big time here. Uh, even Appalachian State, the Raging Cajun game, that one was a little fun, but very very chalky. Yeah, what this week was. Yeah, this this didn't have the makings of a creative championship week. Let's be frank. And, and and a lot of that has to do with the fact that three of those conference championship games involved teams that just were so devastatingly superior to their competition. Um, it, it, it just it's one of those years that has, doesn't have the makings of like anything compelling because nothing can really be shaken at the top. And that's kind of what we got. Yeah. And there was a lot of and especially after Utah went down, it was like, well, definitely now if Ohio state or LSU lose, yeah. they're not getting knocked out of the playoffs, which is like, crazy to even consider, but it, that's just the situation it ended up landing in. Uh, so you have your number one seed LSU. They'll play Oklahoma in the peach bowl. Uh, they will be the mid afternoon game. Uh, and Notre Dame will play, excuse me, we'll play a game before that same day in the camping world, which we'll get to later. 
Uh, the Fiesta Bowl will be the night game, and that will be Clemson and Ohio State, which, which will be uh, a lot of fun because uh, it's strength on strength on strength on strength on both sides of the ball. It's going to be a rematch, fun. technically. A rematch. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry. I have no idea what, what whether or not everyone else just feels okay with this, but Clemson opened favored by three? You know what? I, I can honestly see that because Clemson, I mean, they they got an extremely talented team. The hard part, though, is they haven't, you know, they haven't really faced any stiff competition. Yeah, Ohio but State you know has. has. Ohio yes. State, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've been, they've been more battle tested, so I'm not surprised that the line swung. Uh, it may have also been a Vegas uh, potentially hedging, thinking that the defending champ would get more bets on their side, possibly. I but I think it's Vegas baiting. And it, it swung in the opposite direction so fast. So it's already yeah. on the other side now. But definitely for, uh, you know, as far as the first two semifinal matches, really looking forward to that. And now that, again, there's no Alabama here with Dabo running his mouth. I want Ohio State to beat the living piss out of Clemson. I want, I want, Chase, I want Chase Young, who's likely not, who's not going to win the Heisman, to make, who, I want them specifically to make Clemson second guess why he did. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I will say this uh, better teams, Chase Young. Oh, we got one more. Fuck Dabo. Oh, man. Benny's getting spicy today. Um, thanks for the cheers, Benny. Um, yeah. But Chase Young, he's against better teams. He's been not a non factor. He's definitely been, uh, they're having to scheme around him, but he has not been living in backfields because they've been doing sure. a lot of double teams, a lot of good slanting in his direction. Yeah. Um, Fox actually did a good breakdown of it, uh, how people at Michigan in particular prepared for him. And it's basically uh, the exact same thing that Wisconsin did to him, too. Uh, but yeah. uh, still wasn't enough to completely stop Ohio State's defense. He is not the only concern. Clemson has a stellar defense. Both of these teams have awesome rushing attacks. Both these quarterbacks can throw the ball, and these secondaries can go ball hawk. It's, it's gonna it be could awesome. be fun. I am, I am absolutely looking forward to this game. That's going to be a badass game. Yeah, and the the rest of new, your New Year Six, uh, most of these are all conference tie-ins because of the weirdness of two at-large bowls being playoff games at the same time. So you got Georgia and Baylor in the Sugar Bowl, under, 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 under. Oh my God! <laughs> it's gonna be. Oh can, my God! That should be the biggest rock fight here. Uh, you got Wisconsin and Oregon in the Rose, which should be that. I'm looking forward That's to that one. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, because the Orange Bowl has to take a real full-blood ACC team. It is Virginia against Florida. And yep. I tell you what, think about how Florida's season started in week zero, how just awful they looked. And now they get a gift of yep. the easiest opponent they could walk through. Now, Virginia can get spicy and bite them in the ass. It still could happen, but I am not anticipating it whatsoever. <laughs> no, no. I mean, Florida's... Uh, I think the expectations Florida should make kind of easy work of Virginia. I mean, just Virginia has one dimension of football and it, it's, it's name is Bryce Perkins. I mean, you, you understand like Florida actually has a good defense. They've managed to keep their offense humming uh, so much so that Felipe Franks is essentially out of Florida. He's done like <laughs> at this point, they are what they are. Right. Uh, Virginia, uh, it's pretty clear is not in that, in that stratosphere yet. No, no, not at all. And then, uh, and the Cotton Bowl uh, drawing Memphis as the Group of Five champ is going to be Penn State. Ooh. That one can get interesting too because Ooh. Penn State's defense has shown some gaps, and Memphis Whoa. will expose those. However, there's going to be coaching changes around here, so that will be the interesting side plot to Memphis yeah. in that game. 
And then you got the rest of them. We will talk about Notre Dame, Iowa State here in a little bit. Um, some of the games that stand out to me is Benny had a cheer earlier. Michigan draws the Bama death bucket on New Year's Day in the yes, Citrus Bowl. Yep. Remember the Cotton Bowl Classic? Remember 41 to 14? <laughs> ah, 2012 was a great fucking year. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. It, it'll be very interesting to see if uh, history does repeat itself there. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of hoping, like, Penn State. When, when Florida was above Penn State, I knew it wasn't going to happen. But if that did slide, I was like, look, I know we might get killed, but I just want an interesting game. I want a marquee you game. To play Penn State? Give me, give, no, give me Bama. I would have, because had Penn State made, it would have ended poorly. I know yeah. it would have ended poorly, most likely, but I would rather yeah. have a shot at that, uh, you know, because that would have been a huge marquee game that would have outshone the majority of the New Year's Six. But uh, since Florida ended up in the Orange Bowl, and Penn State did not. That is why the Citrus uh, takes the Big Ten team instead of the ACC. A mm. um, couple other ones, uh, Utah drawing Texas. Now, I know a lot of people are disappointed with Notre Dame's draw, but how does Utah feel about having a shot at the playoff? You get demoted to the fucking Alamo Bowl. You get stuck in the Alamo. <laughs> just, Fuck. You go, from, you go from potential, it's like, well, maybe... Maybe if all goes well, well, we'll go to the playoff. Look, we we can't do the Rose Bowl. It's fine, and then that shit happens to you. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like a step up from like the RNL Carrier Dome. You know, like it's like ugh, it's what what brand are we again? No one knows. It changes every year. Okay, <laughs> uh, uh, the Cheez It Bowl is Washington State against Air Force, which. If that's not prime for something fucking weird to happen, I think the Cheez It Bowl is going to become legend. Like it already is. But I think this is beginning. Like, I'm sorry, that is ripe for insanity. Oh man, that's that's gonna be awesome. Uh, Aggies draw Okie State. That could be a little wild. Uh, Appalachian State. Uh, they kind of got hosed a little bit on their bid. Uh, they have to play UAB, so falling short of the uh, group of five yeah. New Year's Six bid. They about to catch some dragon fire. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got here. See anything else jump out of the page at you? Because I mean, uh, SC in <sighs> Iowa. That's gonna be funny. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> USC and Iowa. Somebody's about to get real Kirk Ferentz. Um, <laughs> and Minnesota uh, no, Auburn. Oh, I forgot. I missed that matchup. Yeah, I was gonna say like you got the Auburn game. Um, you, you know Minnesota at least has a chance to like leave the lasting impression that this season wasn't that weird. That they were just like, hey, you remember that whole Auburn has the best defensive line thing? It'd be really fucking hilarious if we beat that team. And leave that as the lasting memory of the of the season, um, but no, I think you know there there are some teams that got kind of like shafted, in my opinion. You know, like SMU getting to stuck stuck with the Boca Raton Bowl, and you know versus FAU or uh, honestly yeah. UCF versus Marshall is basically a fucking conference opponent from five years ago. Like, ugh. yeah, um, it, it, Notre Dame's not the only one that kind of got the proverbial shaft, and it hey. has to do it filtered it filtered down uh, because of the the. No, uh, the at-large bids just weren't there in the New Year's Six. So then, yeah, I mean, think about. I mean, the, the Belk Bowl settled for Virginia Tech, Kentucky. You know, like that. That should already tell you that, like, those are like the second mid-tier team uh, bowls. You know, after that, it's the next most interesting one. I suspect is going to be like what Michigan State, Wake Forest, and the Pinstripe. It just wasn't. It's not much else but like a top heavy season. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, the the quote unquote tier one bowls became tier twos in quite a hurry. And like yep. I said, well, Utah, Utah is one of the biggest examples. I mean, they they fucking get knocked all the way down to San Antonio yeah. in the Alamo Bowl, which that 
that still boggles my mind. But hey, that's how things shake out. That's how this crazy ass system works out. Yeah. Um, this is a weird year. Next year will not be as weird because the at-large bids will be back in play. Just the things that happen because we all know money run this sport, Shane. It's all about the money. <laughs> Absolutely. And clear I'll say maybe the Boltians will die. Not a chance nope. in hell. Are people still Shane. getting paid? Then it won't die. That's basically oh, look, I mean, the bottom line. I know I know not everyone's excited, but as a native Floridian, I don't give two shits who they're playing. I'm just glad Notre Dame's coming. Like, yeah, right? I mean, there is that that goes there. Uh, but before we dive into that, we do have some coaching news. Yes, we, we do. About. Uh, the big story is one. Uh, well, let's start in your area, Shane. Area-ish. Yep. Mike Norvell, your new coach at FSU. The, the obvious hire was made. I, I, I mean, you say obvious. I'm just thinking like, in terms of offense, yeah, but Florida State also has a defensive problem to fix, um, and no signs of that being fixed because Mike Norvell was never that guy. Uh, so we'll see what's come of this. It's it's kind of like, did Jimbo Fisher left it in shambles? Did Willie Taggart make those shambles more shambly or clean them up before he left? Because Mike Norvell has a lot of work in front of him. But yes, this does. was the favorite, I guess, in the end, and. You know, we'll see how they do. It seems like a like like definitely a step in the right direction, whereas Willie Taggart never made sense. Yeah, it's it's not they're not going for flashy, super flashy name. They made it clear right off the bat that they weren't going to take Meyer. And this was before they fired Willie. So yeah. they, they were looking at, you know, not dipping back into the alumni pool or any of that stuff. It was, hey, this guy's a solid group of five coaches. Let's go get him. Uh, yeah. and, and that's kind of why I said. It made sense for the obvious hire. Norvell was passed around as a top candidate for just about every job. And with Florida State being kind of the, the top blue blood job available, it just made all the sense in the world. So not a shock that it happened. Um, not a shock, I, I would say, that this happened. But I'm glad Lane Kiffin's back in the Power Five. I fucking love that he's back <laughs> in the SEC. Oh, Lane is back <laughs> at Ole Miss this time. And there's there is Shane... He was like holding and kissing babies on the tarmac mm -hmm. when he handed, and there's video of this too. When he handed the baby back over, the dad said, Get a burner. <laughs> yeah, get a burner phone. <laughs> like he we, was asking that same tarmac, like, uh, How do you feel? He's like, Well, better than other tarmac experiences I've had. <laughs> right. He's very <laughs> self aware. There's always chance for crazy shit to happen in and around Lane Kiffin. So, look. He did a good job at FAU. It was only a matter of time before Power 5 school was going to take the, the chance to take a stab at Lane. Mm -hmm. So this makes all the sense in the world. It, it just it feels really weird that they, they gave Matt Luke a short leech to go hire Kiffin. It, just, I, it feels yeah. weird. It feels weird. I know I, it makes sense. It just feels weird to say that. Okay. I, I mean, you say it feels weird. It kind of feels wrong, you know, <laughs> especially how all the players reacted. I know. You right? really think those players that were all like, you know, standing for Matt Luke are going to turn around and be like, ah, well, if you say Lane Kiffin. But Joey's Freshwater Kiffin, over here with his bonus. Absolutely phone. not. They're going to be like, this motherfucker's going to live at the strip club. He's going to live there. That's his house now. <laughs> I can't. Oh, God. If we have another escort scandal, I, I, will, um, just, I will just lose it. <laughs> Joey Freshwater doesn't has not retired as far as we know. Uh, Sam Pittman hired at Arkansas, Eli Drinkwitz at Mizzou. And one of the other big news is that Chris Peterson resigned at Washington. Jimmy Lake promoted from within to take over. 
Um, this could have thrown the coaching carousel into a gigantic loop, but with there being a clear line of secession, uh, or succession, really, um, yeah. it, you know, Jimmy Lake taking over, he's been uh, a, a name that's been floated around as far as potential coaching candidate. He has been the stellar reason that defense has been so good so many right. different years. Uh, so Peterson's still going to hang around Washington as some kind of consultant, but he says he's going to quote unquote recharge. So he could be back. Who knows at some point, but, uh, did not throw the carousel into a tailspin. Like it really could have. He's going to recharge. And then, you know, the second he gets that phone alert that Clay Helton has been fired, he's going to be on fully charged. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of SC held wow. on to that guy. What, what a very good long-term decision. That was made. I have never seen an 80 get ratioed so hard. Bro. <laughs> Bro. It's it was bad. He had like 10 retweets, retweets to like 985 responses. It was like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did something hilarious because you're off to a great start. Look, as facetious as we may, may be seeming about the whole, like, oh, great job, USC. Thank you for having some stability. What are you doing, USC? <laughs> I don't care. Keep it up. Their 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 class is in the sixties right now. Sixty seven last I checked. Oof. They're two spots away from the class being really nice. But Bowling Green had a higher class than them. You got yeah, a, dude. You got a staff that contained BVG non recruiting ass BVG above you and your SC. It's beautiful. Oof. Just keep it up. You're doing great. Doing awesome. <laughs> All right, good. You know, Godspeed. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. Yeah, uh, and Matt Campbell uh, extended so his time to be Notre Dame coach. We'll have to wait a little while, although <laughs> he's going to get an audition, and we will talk about Notre Dame, Iowa State, and the Camping Bowl right after this. All right, Shane, Irish are coming to your city. We're going You're coming camping. Like three and a half hours north, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. It's right. You, you can take the Camping World RV. I'm trying to angle for us. If we hype this game up enough, I, I, I tagged the Camping World Bowl. I said, hey, we, we hype this enough. We get an RV, right? That's how yeah. this works out. Right. Uh, they told me to talk to the CEO, and, and so far, negotiations haven't gone anywhere. Just really weird how that's worked out. But uh, you would think. Here we are, Notre Dame, Iowa State, again with weirdness with how everything shook out in the Big 12. Iowa State is a team that Notre Dame has not played before. However, Matt Campbell's name very well known in Irish circles and Irish message boards for potential replacements for Brian Kelly on multiple occasions, potentially even this year. So there we are. It is, it's going to be an interesting game because the Cyclones, there's a couple things that stand out. One, Anybody that wanted Matt Campbell to take over the job is going to be very shocked to find out that Purdy has more passing attempts than Book does. Yep. They're, and more yards. They, they fling it like crazy. They're not a high-scoring team, but they don't run the damn ball that much. Right. They, they throw that bitch everywhere. Uh, so that's one thing that pops out. Also, do not let that 7-5 and five record fool you, folks. Here are their losses. One point, Iowa. Two points, Baylor. Man, that one was on the road. Uh, seven points at home to Oklahoma State. One point on the road at Oklahoma, and they went for two to try to win that game, mind yep. you. Kansas State, they lost by 10 away. That is their worst road loss. So, And that's really their worst loss of the season as far as margin of victory goes. And that Kansas State team is, is coached, uh, 
and same's escaping me as Ryan. He was the guy winning all the uh, FCS titles up in uh, South Dakota or North Dakota, rather, with the Bison. Oh, shit. Uh, Klein, yes, Klein. That's uh, who it was. So this is not a normal seven and five team. This is also a team that is a huge pain in the ass to everybody they play. Yep. And a team yep. that is going to be more than ready to uh, to catch Notre Dame sleeping. Uh, Clearwall earlier was lamenting that Orlando and Florida in general is a house of horrors for Notre Dame. So yep. will luck change? We'll see. But um, I, obviously, I would have liked a quote unquote better opponent. But this is going to be a damn good game that I'm actually looking forward to. Like, I'm really not going to trash this game that much. It's going to be it's going to be a fun watch. It's going to probably give me a heart attack too. Yeah, it's going to be a stressful game. Like the. Take the seven and five and like literally ignore that. Also, do the same thing with the ten and two because I'm sorry, we're all Notre Dame fans. We know exactly what our product is. It never fucking matters. Um, th- this Iowa State team historically is just a a thorn in the side of everyone on their schedule. Uh, I mean, just take the Oklahoma game for example. Like this is they, a team that, if based on their overall record, should have had no business being within eight point of beating Oklahoma. They simply didn't convert. But by the same token, they, they put themselves in the position that Notre Dame put themselves against Georgia. They could have won by a, a point had they converted at the last second. Mm-hmm. This Iowa State team is really well coached. Matt Campbell did not get extended through 2025 for no fucking reason. Okay? He, got, he got the extension because they have found a formula for success. Seven and five this season is not indicative of them regressing from last season. Yeah, they may have gone like 10 and two, nine and three in the recent years. But this was just to happen of like a couple of coin flips that changed things from a 10 and two season for them to what ended up a seven and five season. It could have happened to anybody. Uh, Notre Dame is going to be in a position to have to play real, real strong on the back end of their defense. This may be a Kyle Hamilton party. It may be a fucking disaster. We may, we'll have to see because they're going to throw it 40 times. And Brock Purdy is one of the seven quarterbacks in the, in the league or in the country that went over 3000 yards this year. So you never know. Yeah. Uh, and clear all saying they're bigger thorn in names. They are, but the Baylor game on the road, OU on the road. And, you know, it's not a trap game when you should see it coming and Iowa state, you should see coming at this point. So yeah, it's, they, they play teams close. Uh, and like I said, they're not a team that's built to just score a, a huge boatload of points on people. Although they did put a beating on SM, uh, not SMU TCU <laughs> bad 49 to 24, one of their Look. worst losses all season. But, Man, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be a good test because, I mean, this Irish team as well, I mean, it they've seen teams like this all season, teams that will play irritating, that'll try to keep you clo- keep it close. Virginia Tech is probably prime example for how I feel this game could potentially turn out to be. That is uh, exactly what I was going to say. Except it's kind of the opposite, though, where, where Virginia Tech could only run the damn football. Uh, this team's going to throw it everywhere. Right. Uh, as was pointed out earlier in the chat, kind of a mini USC. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, but a, a, a mini USC with a much better coach. So yeah, when Clark yeah. Lee does his adjustment thing, uh, there's going to be some back and forth going here and there's a month to prepare for this. So it's not like the three safety look is a huge surprise now from Notre Dame rolling it out there. I don't think they will quite need to do that. Yeah. The amount of speedsters uh, is not as much of a concern as it was against SC. So it, it's going to be, I think, a better game than most people would expect. Of course, they they see that the the number there's no number next to the name. 
you know, they're the seven and five record. Oh, well, we could have had Texas. Well, I mean, Texas was seven and five too. Uh, kudos to the Camping War Bowl for actually picking the better game and not worrying about names. Like they they picked the best available opponent. Then that necessarily doesn't always happen. This was the best available opponent, mind you. By in terms of projected spreads, Iowa State ended up being the closest. Texas was actually the widest margin that Notre Dame would have been favored by. Oh, easily. And it would have effectively been like just uninteresting game. Yeah, they would have been brands, but that would have been it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you're going to get look. Notre Dame will always travel to just about every game. It's it's hilarious how, how even like the Pinstripe Bowl, where objectively the majority Suck. of fandom did not want to be there. Motherfucker sold out. They like, went. <laughs> people went. So people will go to this game. Iowa State I already saw on Twitter they're they've damn near sold out their allotment again. They've never played Notre Dame, uh, and the spread, uh, the early one that I see right now, Shane is three and a half in Notre Dame's three and a half. favor. Yeah. So it is. Oh man, it's going to be it. It's going to be close. It's going to be fun. And, and really it's, it's funny. Like if think about the narratives that could happen, if the awful, awful loss does come to be God help us all. It won't matter that Campbell just got the extension. Won't matter that BK is not going anywhere. That will be the writing narrative throughout the off season. God help us. (laughs) I'm just saying like, you got to respect really what this game is. Like, you can say Notre Dame should fucking like steamroll this Iowa State team, but like that's the same Notre Dame team you're looking at that should have steamrolled Virginia Tech and literally came in like within a, a, a drive of shitting the bed. Like you can't, you can't treat it like the game doesn't matter unless we lose. Like you have to, you have to re- understand that eleven and two is just as good on the positive side as you know, ending 10 and three is heavily weighing on the bad side. Like the, 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 the scale balances in both directions. Absolutely. So the game itself has to be treated as though like, okay, if the line is opening at three and a half and we know that this Iowa state team historically has just been a problem, maybe they're not great, you know, against certain conference opponents at home or, or away or whatever. This is a bowl game. This is a month prep. This is a totally different animal than a regular season matchup against a, 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 a plucky Big 12 opponent. This is a team that's going to be solely locked in on doing what they can to be like, you see why we extended Matt Campbell? That game was why. That's what they want. Exactly. Right? And Notre Dame, what they want is everything we worked on undoing after Michigan has to continue to hold fucking serve heading into the offseason because things are about to get weird. There's a lot of uncertainty about returning players about what the offense is going to even be next season, depending on one single player's decision to leave or go. Like, <laughs> right? <you don't laughs> How know. crazy like, is that? You have to ride confidence, and this game matters because of that. Yeah, and you got, you got extreme talented skill position players coming in, so you, you definitely want to keep that momentum going. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, you got people that you want to see come back for another year as well. Uh, like I, I finally got a chance to listen to to Rakes, he, who put out an episode today, you know, talking about possibly Adi, you know, coming back as well. That would be huge to see, uh, so he can kind of develop a little bit more. Uh, but you know, uh, Alohi Gilman's another one. Will he try to run it back with Kyle Hamilton as his safety running mate? So there's there's a lot of things that that come into it. And yes, Shane is dead on here that you can't let all that momentum, all that goodwill that you tried to build back in November. Because, look, it was great that you won all those games, but you didn't win marquee games because the way the schedule set up, it was so fucking weird this year. 
mostly because the ACC sucked. And we're saying this by, you know, there was a top 25 Navy blowout in the middle of that, which right. rarely ever happens. And, you know, if Navy's ranked, it's usually, God, God help us, we won by three. At yeah. best, at worst, we lose that game. Um, but yeah, it's, you, you have to keep all that momentum going. You have to, like, you can't just keep saying you learn your lessons. You got to show that you fucking, you got to show your work. You got to show you learn the lessons. Okay, it, it, this is knock against BK. It's not just the big game. It's like, oh, you give another coach that is worth their salt a month to prepare and BK gets out prepared. That's another narrative that's down there. It's got to work. So no, yeah, it does. It really does. So Notre Dame's got a chance to get healthy. They got a chance to get a lot of people back into this game at full strength and, and, and really come out um, at Iowa state as hard as they can. And, and some more evidence that this game, if you aren't convinced yet, then this one needs to raise a couple of eyebrows. Let's go to the SP plus, or as Eddie likes to call it, the Saplus. <laughs> Notre yeah. Dame is sitting at number 19. Iowa State sitting at number 23. Though that's right in between each other. Like the, the actual ranking numbers, there's a few points different, so it's not like they're neck and neck between each other. Uh, Notre Dame is just kind of give you an idea of where they are. They're right behind Minnesota at 18. Uh, two spots behind Washington at 17. Baylor is 15. So there's a big 12 measuring stick there. And OU is six. So it is. And those are your big 12 teams. I think I said big 10, but big 12. You got Oklahoma at six, Oregon at 16. And then you got Iowa state at 23. And then you got to start scrolling down to 29 to get to Texas. So like I said, camping world bowl, give them credit. They picked the right team. They didn't just go for the name. Uh, and you know, same thing with Notre Dame, as far as ACC replacements, like fucking gif there with how the ACC is camping world wants to shit themselves. So like we got, we got who <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I, I like how the accounts, we don't know who we're picking yet. I'm like, but no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's not overthink this guys. Like I was there when Notre Dame <laughs> got, you know, lost in, a, a, against FSU in the champ sports bowl. Like these fuckers know each other. You know what I mean? Like right. they wanted to hang out again. Yeah, so if I remember not, right, this used to be the Russell Athletic Bowl. Russell Athletic, the, then Champ Sports. Right. So, it, yeah. So it, it's had, and I think that's another deterrent to this is because the bowl sponsorships have changed so much, and they've actually changed pretty rapidly across the, I mean, we're going to lose Belk. You know, yeah, I know. So you, you lose those associations. One of the best Twitter account name. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, you lose those associations. I think that's also not helping here because it doesn't matter. I mean, look. I'm not trying to hype it up that much as much as I was joking earlier, because it is, it's right below new year six, but yeah. it's still below new year six. So I have no illusions that this is a gigantic victory. It's on par with the citrus bowl. So if the citrus bowl victory against LSU got you jazz, well, guess what? We're in a similar situation, just not as big of a brand name, but we'll be just as good of a game with probably more evenly matched teams than we'd like to admit will be. I'm serious. Yeah. You got, you, you, do not sleep on this Iowa State team. I understand that conventional wisdom and looking at schedules and records and their conference and their general competition makes you feel like this should be a Notre Dame victory. You're not wrong in feeling that, but you have to also understand that this Matt Campbell dude and his operation is no fucking joke, and that defense catches people sleeping all the time. So just be ready. And here's the other thing. It's another fucking game to watch Notre Dame, y'all. Yeah, yeah. You also got to appreciate the fact yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah. there's there's that too. And I know it sounds very simple and, and very dumb and cliche, but 
there, there ain't going to be Notre Dame football, like real Notre Dame football for months upon months and months. It's, it's going to be a long ass off season. It's, and it seems longer every year. Every the season time. seems shorter every year, but you know, you, you got to enjoy this. And, and like Shane said earlier, you, you want to have that 11 and two in your back pocket into that long off season. Cause like I said, you lose to Iowa state, you're 10 and three. And you're not just thinking about Iowa State. You're thinking about the blown opportunities. Like, God, we had Georgia. Man, we really showed our ass against Michigan. Jeez, once we got to the bowl game, we really fucked it up against Iowa State. So it becomes more of a theme of, man, we just fucked it up every time we had an opportunity. Instead of you get a win and you're like, you know what? That wasn't us that showed up to Michigan. We damn near had Georgia. And that's the motivation to keep you moving up and going forward and continuing to do the program building because. I mean, the entire offensive line's going to be back. Yeah, most likely. I know it's it's what's gonna what's Ian Book gonna do? I will be shocked if he's anything but back next year. Quite frankly, you never know. I mean, you, know, you never it, know. But I would be it shocked. It would be weird as shit for him to take this moment to be like, "I'm going pro," um, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, uh, Clearwall. Clearwall is like saying he has one big upset in his career. That's it. Look, he has a two point conversion. He's got another one against OU. And that game against Texas was also like, it wasn't a gigantic, oh my God, who would have ever seen this coming upset? That was a fucking upset, though. They were not giving up. I I remember being on a podcast with a certain person that said, no, Iowa State's not going to catch Texas because they're not, they're, it's like, it's not going to happen. It's not nighttime at Ames. Nope, it still happened. So let's not sleep on him. Look, I'm not saying that he's a fucking like top 10, top 15 murder machine. But man, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a great thing. It's and, just gonna be good football. Just re- let, let let's just enjoy it for what it is. And if Notre Dame can get that win, it'll be okay. Reinforcement of what you expected, but also much much better to have seen the result and actually followed through with what they were supposed to do than the alternative. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we will be taking a little bit of a break from the podcast for a little while we're going to take some time to recover and relax i'm going to be doing my extra life thing this weekend and i will need some time to recuperate from that craziness uh bull picks will be upcoming uh and we will also have the sim will happen we will have a camping world bowl sim yep uh, that will happen the day after christmas y'all we're, yeah. we're giving you gifts here at hls uh, and then we will have uh, once the playoff games conclude on the 28th uh, if that's now that's the plan, we will hop on the air, have a, a very delayed postgame show because we want to see what's going on in the playoffs, too. I want to want to see that undefeated matchup with Ohio State and Clemson. Hell yeah. All right. Well, that said, y'all appreciate everybody that joined us over here at twitch.tv slash her little sons. Make sure you follow us. You can keep up with us live as we continue through bowl season. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you have to get your podcast feed at. Make sure you join us in Discord to keep the bowl conversation going. HerLittleSons.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always find us at our home at HerLittleSons.com. Till next time, y'all. Go Irish Beat Cyclones. Let's go camping, folks. Have a good one. Yeah.